And uh, who were your favorite sports? Almost any ball game except golf. I love people. I love bringing people together. So that's what I do. Deepu, thank you for taking the time to do the Zoom podcast with me. I do a few of these every now and then when 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 the situation calls for it. For example, you've been in Japan. You were born here, weren't you? Wait, it's not start yet, right? You started already. Are you born here? No, Lance, um, I'm of Indian origin. I was born in Hong Kong and moved to Japan, well, brought to Japan when I was three months old. So you've been here ever since you were three months old. That's right. Okay. All right. And you've never lived anywhere else? Oh, I've lived all over the place. Oh, have you? Uh, went to school all my life, well, till high school graduation in Kobe, Japan, okay. International Catholic School. Right. Uh, at, until the second grade, we had some young ladies, but it, it was an all boys school. And what was it like? I mean, going yeah. to school there, were the, were the fathers really mean? Did you have any sisters as teachers? No. Uh, in grade school, we had three or four lady teachers, but not sisters. Mm -hmm. And from fourth grade onwards, it was generally all only male, but not all brothers, half brothers and half uh, regular, none, didn't have to be Catholic, but mostly Catholic uh, teachers, yeah. Okay, now where's your, where are your parents from? So they come from an area which is now in Pakistan called Hyderabad Sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When did your father, your, was your father the first to come here? Yes. Okay. He came to Japan and set up an office and started the ball rolling. What year was that? We moved here in 1954, but he had visited in 1952, right? Just to come and see. He actually came to Japan. He had an agent in Japan, mm -hmm. so working office. He actually came to Japan to close that office, okay? And then he came to Japan, saw what Japan was like, fell in love with it, went back, got married and told my mother, his wife, and everyone, we're moving to Japan. In 54, we moved to Japan for mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because your father did very well. He was, because I met your father, he just passed recently, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yes, it was lovely. He met you. And as you know, all he talks is business. Right. He loves my friend, but he would ask you the first question, what do you do for business? How are you staying here? Uh -oh. Yeah. What do you do for, how are you making a living here? And that's the first thing he asked me. And when I told him, yeah. I said, do you mind if I ask you? And he said, well, actually, I started the textile business here. That's so, right. And that's what he did. He, he mentioned that. And he went on just real briefly. He gave me a, a brief summary of what he did because he was going with his friends. He was about to go somewhere with his friends. I, I, I probably would have joined them. Maybe it was Bridge or something. But with I, you here, I, oh, thank you. I'm taking my buddy here, there, and everywhere, wherever I can in the short time you said you're going to be here. He was wondering why I had that big motorcycle in his big garage. So well, yeah. did he? did you always live in the property that you guys are on, that big apartment building that you have? No, uh, we actually lived two houses above in a two-story house for 13 years. Mm -hmm. and, okay, having been successful, he bought this plot that we stand on now mm -hmm. and built the first ever um, apartment building in this area. So there, there are actually pictures of in Motomachi, which is an area, a photography shop, 
where the pictures of this whole hill and you see this one apartment. The towers over everything. Now that was great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was great because from the first floor you could have the view we now have from the rooftop. So I thought it was, Dad, this is amazing. And I loved him for it. But later, I didn't like him for it because a lot of people started building buildings and now views are blocked all over the place unless you go to the very top, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So but in, yeah. your, in your family, you were, are you the oldest in your family? Yes, I am. I have, I'm the eldest and I have two younger sisters. Okay. What was it like having two younger How many years difference between you and the youngest sister? Two and two. So two and four. Okay. It's me. Mona, my sister, two years later. Anita, my sister, two years later. Right. I, I like to tell my sisters that uh, they gave up because they were trying for boys. But, you know, after two girls, they said, nah, <laughs> we only got one people and that's it. So we're going to stop now. Did all of you have, did all of you end up having children of your own? Uh, I have two. I have a daughter and a son and between them, three grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter lives in Singapore, my son in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. It's a very international. Uh, my daughter got married to a German. My son has a child with a Brazilian. You know, <laughs> so it's a very international family. Uh, my younger sister, Mona, she, um, well, for me, I wish she had got married, but she was perfectly happy being a teacher. And to her, she had thousands of kids in her mind. So she was happy that way. And my other sister in Spain, who lives in Spain, she has a daughter. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Are you still close with both of your sisters? Oh, yeah, we're very, very close. Especially when I need to borrow money from them. <laughs> what about your mother? How's your mother doing? Yeah, she, under the circumstances, I think she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And as it turns out, today is their wedding anniversary. So I posted earlier that um, obviously you miss your dad, but you have to celebrate life. So I'll be having drinks after this podcast Okay. with my mom, with my mom and my sister. Okay. Now tell me about your schooling. When you finished school, I mean, while you were in school, were you more academic or were you more sportsman-like? What, what were your interests going through school? Anything but academics. <laughs> <laughs> you know how they have ABCs as rankings or up to 100%. I was basically your average C plus to B student. But that was because I never really studied. I never opened the books. I was always into sports, morning to night. And what were, you, um, what were your favorite sports? Almost any ball game except golf. I was the best athlete, I guess, in every sport since the 10th grade. I beat every senior. And we have a foreign club here, a sports club. And I guess I still have the record of being the youngest, of being on the first team of almost every sport they had to offer. So it was sports, 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 morning to night. Were there a lot of foreigners in your school or were it mostly Japanese and then you were the only foreigner? In my days, it was like 98% foreigners. Okay, from where? It was a small school. Uh, it was a sm small school. Kindergarten to senior class was a total of maybe 350 students. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at 24, 25 students per class. Of 360, we had 44 nationalities. Okay. And my graduating class was 22 students, 14 nationalities. Mm. So that was really beautiful. 
you know. Yeah. And, and especially when you're a kid and you're going to each other's houses, staying over. You know, you go to your Russian house friend and you get Russian food and whatever, and they come and say get Indian food. And we were lucky. We were very lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do wish as a sportsman and an athlete that I was in a big school where if you do shine, uh, you get better coaching and stuff like that. But I wouldn't trade what I had for anything. When you finished your primary and then junior high and high school, did you go to college? Yeah, I went to Boston University in the States. <laughs> what did you study? Well, for C-plus average uh, students, not bad. It's not bad at but all. But I had this back where um, I never really studied. But, you know, the States, SATs, what we call SATs mm-hmm. for entrance exams, it's a one-off kind of thing. And I came, like, in the top five of the class, okay. the two classes. I never studied. But anyway, my C plus to B plus the SAT. But what worked for me was all my sporting activities and my activities in school, mm-hmm. like um, being president of the student council, president of the athletic association, yearbook editor, et cetera, et cetera. All that helped me to get into some fine colleges if I wanted to. Right. You know, like Notre Dame or uh, University of California. Mm-hmm. But I pick Boston University, uh, here I am living in Japan. I mean, yes, we travel. My parents took me for a holiday, but what do I really know about the States besides Superman and all that, my favorites, you know? Yeah, right. So I took a look at the map. I said two things were important. One, which area would my parents not come visit too often? <laughs> right? So that was important. I said, how far can I go, you know? And then the next one was, all right, which place should I go to? I want to play soccer. So that was important to me. And then I checked and checked. And do you know that the city of Boston has a ratio of four ladies to one man between the ages of 18 and 22? I did not know that. So that was a clincher. I said, what? I'm going to Boston. And okay. that's how I ended up in Boston. And it you- wasn't like I had to go to Boston. What did you study? What did you major in? Uh, every semester I changed because, again, I tell you, I wasn't an academic per se. Right. Uh, I would always take the shortcut. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, okay, the first semester I did very well. I uh, I joined phys ed as a major <laughs> at a 3.4 um, average, which is pretty good. And then I realized you have to start to study kinesiology and stuff like that. I said, you're kidding. I can't even spell that, you know? So I switched to child psychology because I love children. My grade point dropped to about 2.8. It was downhill my second year. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let me get at least one good grade. And I joined Japanese for beginners, for example. Okay. Never told, never told the teacher that I lived in Japan all my life. Right. And the teachers, man, you're a fast learner. I said, oh, arigato. You know? And I got a good grade in that. But at the end of the second year, I'd already decided, like, nah, it's not for me. But I wanted to go back because I loved my friends. Mm-hmm. So I went back for my third year. I played varsity soccer as a freshman, the first in history of the school. So my third year, I, I'm playing soccer for the school. We had a new coach. Didn't like him at all, so I left that team. 
and sat around for a week. As it turns out, there was a professional team having a tryout on our grounds, on Boston University grounds. So I tried out and made the team within a minute. So I played professional soccer for six months, which was one of my dreams. Didn't get much, you know, you get $20 a week plus McDonald's or something like that. But it's still a dream. And then I told everyone, goodbye. I have last six months here. I'm not even going to pretend to go to class. I'm just not going. I'm not registering. Oh, I didn't graduate. Okay. How many years did you stay I, in college, though? Were you two, three years? Well, I was in Boston for three years. Three years, right. Officially, university for two and a half years. What would your father feel about that? <laughs> That's a real funny story, because up to, to uh, until the day he passed, my mom would not allow me to tell him that I did not go to school the third year in Boston, that I took his money and spent it. So when I was like 50 years old, I said, Mom, I'm 50 now. Can't I tell him? He said, no, don't tell him. You're not supposed to tell him. So officially, he doesn't know. But I keep telling my mom, I bet you he knows. I bet you he knows. I'm his son. He knows me, you know. But officially, he thinks that I went to university for three years. I did not graduate. Right. And that was that. Wow. So what did you do when you get, did you, you came back to Japan after your three years? Yes, I did. And what did you do then? Came back, uh, did nothing for two or three months. Um, my father offered me to join his office, which is a very Asian and Indian style. You know, the, especially the first son kind of has to join the family business. Okay. I refused to. Uh, so I taught English for about six or seven months, at which point I did join him for about two months. And I was right. I shouldn't be with him in the office. So left. I live in Kobe. The office was in Osaka. I looked at myself basically as a driver, driving him to the office, <laughs> stapling stuff and not really doing anything. I said, forget it. Came back, did nothing for a while again, did English a little bit, joined them for the second time a few months later. No, definitely not. Then he came to me with an offer and said, um, okay, look, how about you join a Hong Kong office where his younger brother was the boss? I have lots of good memories of Hong Kong. Good, uh, many, many cousins and uncles and aunties actually lived lived and live in Hong Kong. I used to love to visit. I said, okay, I, I don't like the office, but I have so many family and friends I love, I'll go there. Okay. So that lasted like eight months, <laughs> during which he, he was like my father. So obviously it was gonna be a similar type of, I'm not gonna let you be doing anything without me overlooking everything. And I don't like that kind of stuff. But during which time I met this lady um, Indian lady living in Hong Kong and eventually um, proposed to her within those eight months. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I have to do something. So I quit, came back to Japan after studying uh, how to measure suits, you know, for mail order, shirts and suits and trousers and stuff. I came back and opened a company of my own um, uh, for mail order. So I was the first one in Kobe to have an official mail order ordering outlet. Okay. And I was doing that for a year. 
went back to Hong Kong. Of course, I would go back and forth to Hong Kong, got married, came back to Japan. And for two years, that's what I was doing. And I wasn't making great money or anything, but sustainable for a couple. Okay. At that time, I was still living with my parents. So I didn't have that expense. So it was do your job and have fun, you know, which you're newlywed. And that's what I was doing. I'm playing my sports all day as well. Yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. When my father came to me again and said, look, my other brother in Sri Lanka, uh, how about going to Sri Lanka? I said, what for? He said, I want to open a garment factory. Mm-hmm. Garment factory. Uh-huh. But I'm not going if I'm going to be a slave like I was to you or a bellboy or something, or a peon to the uncle and aunt. No, no, I promise you this time, you'll go as a director and a shareholder of, not the entire business, but of the garment factory. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, that'll be, that sounds good. But this garment factory, the only reason he was able to uh, even think of opening a garment factory was thanks to my mother. Okay. It was my mother's brother in Hong Kong who actually started a brand called Gloria Vanderbilt mm-hmm. Jeans, which was the number one selling jeans in America and obviously very hot. So I would go to Sri Lanka factory and I'll be a director producing or manufacturing Gloria Vanderbilt Jeans. But without me going, I don't think let's say my father's side of the family, the Sadwani side of the family, would not have got orders for the factory to begin with. So they kind of needed me I see. as a representative of my mother's side of the family. For how long? I eventually ended up being in Sri Lanka as a business for 26 years, not with my father. I did my father's for a year and a bit. Okay where my father and his brothers had some falling out and they were going through some problem. And I said, that's it. I'm doing my own. So I opened my own garment factory right. in Sri Lanka, obviously not as big as what my father's was, mm-hmm. uh, limited, but grew from that. And then I knew I had to do something, either crazy or wild or something, hit something. I decided to open a factory in the Maldives. Everyone thought I was nuts, totally nuts, you know. You can't open a factory in the Maldives. They're islands. There's nobody there. There's no food, no vegetation, no people to work. I said, I'm going to go take a look. Eventually, to make a long story short, I did open a factory in the Maldives. I got permission to bring workers from Sri Lanka and from Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would air the food in from Sri Lanka every week. I had my own island. So there I am at the age of like 27 uh, saying, wow, because normally you have these dreams where you become so rich, you buy your island and retire. I said, I'm 27. I already have my own island. So it was beautiful. Work was beautiful. I go to my island. I would go and dip in the sea, come on out, work a little bit, go back, dip in the sea. With all the workers, I had like 380 workers when it's, Work over is playtime. I said, all of you learn to swim. So it was kind of cool. You have 300 some people in the sea swimming around and having a good time. What about your wife? Was she with you then? In Singapore. Uh, well, 
in Sri Lanka, yes, but I would only go for the weekend mm. or one night or one and a half nights. Uh, it's it's only like a 25 minute flight from Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And most countries, the holidays are Saturdays and Sundays. So our factories in Sri Lanka will be closed half day Saturday and all day Sunday. Mm -hmm. But Maldives being an Islamic country, they will be open on Saturdays and Sundays. Their holidays were Friday. Right. So I would go there every Saturday and either come back late Sunday night or early Monday morning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I could handle both, you know. Right. And the rest was like remote or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's what I did. And you did that for, for 26 years? Yeah. My goodness. So what, happened, years, would, so what happened after that? Did you were you still married the whole twenty six years? You stayed married to the same woman during all that time? Uh, no, um, <laughs> we were married. We lived in Sri Lanka, and Sri Lanka was going through turmoil with terrorist attacks and stuff like that at the time. So in nineteen, I opened my Maldives in nineteen eighty five. I opened my own factory in Sri Lanka in nineteen eighty two. Maldives in eighty five. In 89, I shifted the family to Singapore. Mm -hmm. So I would then be going uh, Singapore, Sri Lanka, one month, one month, one month. We were still married and all that, all that. Mm -hmm. But freedom, uh, I think they say Spider-Man movies and stuff. Uh, responsibility. When Well, I, I admit I kind of abuse that responsibility, the freedom. But my wife, sweet, and said, look, this is not working, okay? Uh, you need your freedom. But, you know, don't forget, I went to old boys school, so I, I had no idea about ladies. I'm still learning in mm -hmm. this process. Mm -hmm. But luckily, though we uh, divorced, she is still today my best friend. Mm -hmm. So that, she's a lovely, beautiful person, man. But I can't you thank her enough. Didn't you have a child by her? Yeah, uh, two, 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 two children. children. Right, that's right. The two that, I mean, she she was born and raised in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? We moved to Singapore, so she continued to live in Singapore okay. while I came back to Japan. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a few years later, but because I was still working in Sri Lanka and Maldives, and having been going to Singapore back and forth, I said, okay, I've got to do something else. So I I went to Vietnam way before it opened to America. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I went to Vietnam to do with the garment industry mm -hmm. and placed some orders there. I didn't actually build a factory. I placed orders there. I see. And yeah, because at that time you could not export to America, but you could to Europe. Right. Yeah, so I went there way before it opened. And I must tell you, it was great. Vietnam was really, really good. But before I opened, you know, I would travel to the States for holidays and business because all my buyers were American for the Maldives factory and all that. I would go and I'd talk to a few of my college friends and everything. How would you feel if I went to Vietnam? You know, yes, it is like 20-something uh, years after diplomatic ties were restored, so to say, but mm -hmm. still, you know, that image of Vietnam and if my buyers, potential future buyers, or my friends were not going to like it, I wasn't going to do it. Right. But surprisingly, I was really surprised. I talked to some vets as well. They said, 
we have no problems with the Vietnamese people. Mm-hmm. And if you think it's a good thing, no. Mm-hmm. So they kind of encouraged me instead of getting, you know, mad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I went to Vietnam. So from Singapore to Vietnam is a short hop. It's about an hour and a half. So I was doing that routine of Vietnam, Singapore, Sri Lanka, weekends in Maldives, most of the time, mm-hmm. and back. Mm-hmm. And then there comes a time where I, um, there was no point in being in the Maldives uh, because we had what's called this quota system where the states would say, you can only export so many shirts or jeans as a country in totality. And that was going to end in 2005, which means nobody is going to place an order in the Maldives because you can place all the orders you want in China or India or wherever, Sri Lanka. So having that in mind and age, I was still rather young, but parents, I missed Japan. I sold everything off. And at the age of 52, I came back to Japan. Okay. And have you, you haven't left since? I, I, I've been here ever since. My goodness. So what do you do now? What were you doing? What have you done from that time you came back up until now? Business-wise, basically nothing. Okay. Because, like I said, I sold my things. I have residual income. So I kind of do what I want, but I love to hopefully use what I know. I volunteer my services. Um, In the beginning, was there's a club, as you very well know, called the Colbert Regatta and Athletic Club. And you were the president Uh, of that club. Yeah, I came back, and I don't know, for whatever reason, within six months, I was president. Okay. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. And then after that, I, I made some friendship groups between, for international people to meet Japanese people. After that, I started what's called the deep party for artists and musicians. So I love doing stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, did events for children, sporting events. I have lots of luckily fortunate. You saw my rooftop. Yeah. I have a lot of rooftop parties for children. You know, and I, I love doing stuff like I, I, lo- I love people. I love bringing people together. So that's what I do. Okay. Sorry? You do that besides taking people through the tunnel and screaming at the top of their voice? <laughs> yes. That, that is something I've done ever since I was a kid, which you did with me. But I was about to continue about my rooftop, about the children. Mm-hmm. I try to avoid men. But you are one of the few, yes. So yes, through the tunnel, you are one of the few. Generally, the ladies or ladies with children, um, all the kids love it. And you have to admit, you loved it too. You feel it, it, good. It, you it's like a, a, it is a, it's a relief. It's a, it's a stress reliever. It's, yeah. just, it's fun. You used to, I used to do it as a kid, but I haven't done it as yeah. an adult. And that was really fun. You're right. You're right, it was. Yeah, until you came. You know, but I think as you grow, People get inhibited and they lose their childish instincts. And you, I, I know people want to shout, but no, nah, we can't do that. We're in a car. No, you can roll it down and shout, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yeah, well, I roof- still do it. Your rooftop is, is, is wonderful. I mean, all that space on top of your apartment building, 
that is just marvelous. I can imagine, I can, I can picture the parties you've had up there because it's just beautiful. You have a beautiful view. You're right up on the top. It's really nice. Very fortunate. Right. Very yeah, I mean, you treated me very well. You gave me a tour of all of Kobe, and we went and ate that night. But I was riding my motorcycle, so I couldn't drink because I knew I was going to be getting out of there the next day because my, my objective at the time was to ride around Shikoku. So I was stopping. Well, you, weren't, you weren't planning on staying that night either, but I kind of cajoled you into staying. That's true. That's right? true. But I was drinking because I was home. I said, I'm drinking. You leave when you want <laughs> So I don't, I don't remember the last couple hours with you. All I know is I was drinking. I had a great time, you know. It was a good time. It, it's, I, I've gone to uh, Tokyo a couple times, and you That's always right, you take did. care of me. You were, you did. And you always take care of me, and uh, and you were the president of the most prestigious, um, not only foreign club, the most prestigious club in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, my club is the oldest. But right. at the moment, as you know, Tokyo Mario Club is the most prestigious, and you welcome me there. And mm-hmm. a couple of times, I would do crazy things, like all my Tokyo ladies. And you do it notice is. it was all ladies most Always. of the time. Always. Right? Yeah. Okay, I'm coming to Tokyo, Tokyo American Club, because you would arrange that for me. Yes. And the ladies would come, and it would be you, me, and the ladies. One time Colin barged in and one time Daniel barged in. But That's otherwise, true. it's you and me and about true. 20 ladies. <laughs> That's true. You were very good to all of us. It was fun. Yeah. That's fun. Tell Wish me, would you come again? Then. You ever listen as, as things start to lighten up? I'll be riding my bike that way again, too, because I still have to do Kyushu. I want to go all the way around Kyushu yeah. and I'll come through. Or I'll probably come there and I'll have a have the ship i'll take the ferry from from kobe to kyushu because i'm not i'm getting tired of riding through this place i've already been through i just haven't been around kyushu. Right. Yeah, yeah. you could do that easily yeah so tell me this what are your plans for the future i still want to do a lot more for people i have plans um especially for children the orphans i do have plans for that so i'm thinking of restarting some business because I do have lots of contacts. I maybe I'm wasting my time till now, or I've been wasting some time. And recently, maybe with the COVID as well, you know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sitting down planning. So yeah, I have a few business ideas. I wouldn't say ideas. I would say I have some businesses on hand that I'm going to start to push a bit more, which I've already started on like uh, from two months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, examples are like, for example, you know, when you say Sri Lanka, what's synonymous with Sri Lanka is tea. Sri Lanka, Ceylon tea. Right. So the second largest company in Sri Lanka, the owner is a very good friend of mine, and I have the rights for all of Japan for that tea. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so just last week, I had a little meeting. We're trying to get into the department stores, checking them out, talking to them. Um, and if something there works, or whatever else works, I have a few things, items like that. It's already built in that X amount will go towards this cause. Mm-hmm. And the cause would normally always be either the orphans or the elderly. Mm-hmm. So the causes are set up. Now I have to get off my backside, get it going, and mm-hmm. see what I can do with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, by doing that, 
I should be getting more money, so I should be able to come see you more often. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, when your father passed away, I'm sure that you it, it was a lot of the business that he had came into your hands, or had he already dissolved almost everything? Well, basically, um, by the time he retired, we didn't have any, he didn't have any day-to-day -day ongoing business I see. I see. to join. Mm -hmm. uh, he, again, luckily, fortunately, he was a property owner. Right. So we have a few buildings that, yeah, would come down to us mm -hmm. in the general sense that would be inherited by all of us. But I already signed off on it like 40 or 50 years ago. I said, uh-uh, I don't want any. You give it to my sisters. Mm -hmm. So actually, I'm again the slave of the family okay. or the driver of the family <laughs> because, yeah. In, in fact, my father left the will and my mom and my sister said, read it. I said, I, I don't want to read it. Well, read the will. And here's mom's, while you're at it, just read it. I said, I don't want to read it. Why? I said, I don't need to read it. Because I know you'll take care of me. I trust you guys. Why do I have to read a will? I don't need to read the will. So I've never actually read the will. Oh, that's interesting. And then, and, and then when my sister said, read my mother's will, that's like saying I want her to go. I don't want her to go. So why, so why should I read the will? You know, right, right. so I, I think different from them. I mean, I trust, yes, but my trust is based on years and years of being together with this family. So again, I'm very lucky. We're a tight family. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I could tell that when I was there because your sister came down first and I said, she said, are you waiting? Are you waiting for Dipu? And I said, yes. She said, I think he's up in his room. I said, wait, wait, he can't be up in his room because I've been down here for a couple of hours. <laughs> she said, Yes, he's up there. You were up in your room. You had been sleeping or something. And I was down there. You don't remember that? When I was on my motorcycle, I was, I left, came back, and she said, Oh, he's up in his room. <laughs> you had been up there. And I don't know what you were doing. And then you had me come up afterwards because you were you were up in your room. I on my bike in the garage. I was covered, so it was no problem at all. It was a little warm that day, but I was okay. But your sister's no. the one that told me. She said, Oh, he's up there, and then she went and got you must have because yes. generally speaking uh the whole world knows not to talk to me before two o'clock in the afternoon don't call don't bother that's right. so you must have come before that i did my phone was off that's right that's right mm. but no worries buddy. no worries listen what would you like to leave the audience with what are your parting words my parting words it's very difficult it's all about love okay right now with the way things are and everything i just wish people would show more empathy i learned a long time ago from a, my godfather people talk about sympathy all the time but it's empathy that is more important than sympathy and i agree with that you know if people will be more empathetic uh even friends towards friends we could be more empathetic you know just because i think i know everything about you uh he won't worry about it no, you can still be empathetic. So I, I would say empathy is something please everyone. Uh, we should do a lot more, learn a lot more of. And yes, love your friends. But that doesn't mean because life is not always so uh, polite or kind. I have also picked up on something like this, a saying that says, uh, you don't have to jump oceans to help the kind of people who won't even jump a puddle for you. And when I see that, sure, I would like to help anyone, but 
maybe I'm wasting my time there, whereas I could be helping other people. So it's a balancing act. I'll be empathetic to the other one, but I'll pay a bit more attention to people who have more empathy, who care, who will pass it along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So to everyone who's listening, I love you all. Um, it's all about love. We only live once, live it right, and once is enough. All right. People, thank you so much. You, yes, enjoy, you enjoy the rest of your evening? Was that? Yeah, I'm going to have my mom and sister, you know, like yeah. I said, my parents' anniversary. Oh, that's good. How many years would that have been? Yeah. How many years is that? Yeah. So 68, 68 and a half years, yeah. 68 and a half years, yeah. Wow. All right, Deepu, you take care. Yeah. And I'll get back yeah, to thank you. Thank you. Then. All I right. Jump, I all right. Ciao. All right. Take care. Thank you for watching this episode. I truly enjoyed it, and I hope you did too. Make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or two.